one characteristic emerge as a significant predictor of success. It was grit. Awesome. We're live. But yeah, it's it's good to finally meet you. I've been I've been following along on on Twitter and whatnot. I, I think I initially I don't know. I, I feel like I was listening to a podcast or something and somebody briefly mentioned Tweet Hunter yeah. and your growth. And so I that's how I initially came across your product. Then I came across you. I mean, we the reason why is because like we you probably I don't know how much you know about about us. Maybe you briefly looked at the podcast or something beforehand. Yeah, very we, briefly. But honestly, you yeah. seem to be doing a lot of different things. So I'm happy yeah. to learn more. Yeah, kind of similar to you guys, right? Like we we've been we've been building like different different businesses, but mostly software products for the past like five years. So we've got sort of like our our core business, which is ad reform. It's a product in the in the ad tech space, basically. And then we have like we've built other businesses. So we had a product called User Feed, which was like it was a product built on top of Intercom, and we we sold that business in 2021, and we were running that like simultaneously with ad reform and then we we're currently building another software product right now but we also started like a, a hiring business as well because we had we've been hiring so much in the philippines for our initial kind of core business that we started like five years ago and so you know after a while we we're just kind of like why are we <laughs> why don't we just we're, we're getting our team to hire other people yeah. in the philippines so why don't we just get them to hire you know you know, for other companies. So, so anyways, long story short, like we have a number of different businesses. We're bootstrapped. We've been running this podcast, I think since like 2018, but basically just like talking about building these different businesses. But you know, when I ran into you guys, like it seemed very similar to kind of like what we're doing and that you guys have bootstrapped, built multiple businesses, but yeah, I'd love to hear yeah. like one thing I don't know anything about is like your before like tweet hunter. I have no idea yeah. like what, what you kind of have, you know, how, how did you guys end up, I guess, how did you get to the point where you guys kind of like, you know, started on that project and what were you doing before? Yeah. So basically my, my co-founder and I met in one of the weirdest places ever, which is during our entrepreneurship master's degree. Which is kind of just <laughs> weird to say it, you know, like, can you really yeah. learn it? Just isn't like, that just, like, isn't that just yeah. building a business in general? That's like, yeah, exactly. And, yeah. What, what was cool about it is, is that that was the core of the master's degree. So it, it, it was still a pretty smart master's very on hands. But anyway, so we met during our, our, our studies and immediately during the masters and for a couple of years after that, we launched a, a company together and the company was called Pistache, which in French means pistachio. And the idea was to motivate kids to do their daily chores, basically like brush their teeth, clean up their room, you know, that kind of thing. it didn't work. I mean, we had a lot of users actually, but we never really monetized and like we had raised a small seed round, but we were, we were having a tough time raising a, a series A, etc., with little revenue to show. And so after a couple of years, we each went our own way. Thibaut, went into being a CTO for a pretty big startup. I went back to, to being an employee as well. And like, I don't know, I have a personality where we like every couple of years or maybe even every six months, like I have to move on to something else. You know? And so I did a lot of digital marketing, freelancing, 
being an employee, managing a couple of companies, working in, in product. So I did a bunch of things for like five to six years. And I don't know if I called Thibaut or he called me, but basically we just like got on the phone together and we were like, like okay, what are you doing these days? Not much, being an employee, what about you? Yeah, same, want to do something. <laughs> uh, and, and then we just, yeah, we started working together again. Like I quit my job like a couple of months after that, and we just started working together again. So you, and that, started, uh, you didn't have like an idea that, like you didn't, you didn't have the tweet hunter idea. You just kind of were like, let's work together. We'll figure it out. We're smart. Yeah. <laughs> what, what we had was basically we knew how to work together and we had the same conclusions as to why we failed our first startup. Basically. And obviously we were like 23, 24 and you like, we didn't have children. We didn't have an education degree or whatever we were as far as it's humanly possible from the target audience when we did our first startup basically and so what we had was okay we, we want to tackle our own problem and and if we can tackle them well we'll have something for other people to use and obviously when you're starting out like i, I don't know like for, for for the past i would say in the past 10 years creating a digital product whether it's a resource or a course or an actual SaaS, you know, it's, 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 it's become so easy, you know, like building products is like, it's, it's hard to build a good product, et cetera. Like, I don't want to offend anyone who thinks that product is hard. It's obviously something that's hard to master, but it's something that's really easy to just build and lock. So when you're, when you're a founder, you just struggle so much with finding clients or users because, well, there's so much competition now. Everyone wants to be a founder. Everyone wants to be a creator. And there's just so much info. So we just wanted to tackle that problem, basically. How do we get people like us to get more reach, more users, more clients, whatever you, you want to call it. And we just started building products around that. We had no idea it would end up being Tweet Hunter, basically. Yeah, that's smart. I mean, I, I think I've always had that sort of... We, we've never... You know, we, we've definitely been fortunate to stumble upon and kind of iterate to some, I would, you know, fairly for bootstrap companies, like pretty successful businesses, but like I've always, my background's in sales. And so like, I've always wanted to get in the, in that space, you know, with a, with a product, just because it's like, if you can help people sell more stuff or, you know, get, get more customers, yeah. like, it's like, that's like where you want to be, right? That business exactly. is going to grow a lot faster. I mean, in the end, I don't know which business would be better, but like, it's going to be a lot faster growing business if you can get exactly like there, there, there's plenty of ways to, to build a successful business and you don't right. necessarily have to build one where you make your users or your clients more money or, or more, more business, more contracts, et cetera. But it's definitely easier to pitch and get some revenue in the early days when, when you're doing that for sure. I mean, just getting people like, just like you said, like the hardest part is, is getting people to be aware that you, your thing exists and that maybe they need it. And so, yeah, I mean, it's like, if you could just get people to even try your product, like that's, that's like the hardest part. Right. And so, you know, if you can tell somebody, I mean, if you, like, that's what, like, I, you know, we, we try a number of different products, but like anything that's gonna, that is telling me that. I might be able to acquire more customers. Like I'm always, gonna, I'm always going to try it. <laughs> like there's, 
Like, there's almost no way that I'm not going to try it. At least try it. And so, like, I think that's one of the hardest things is just getting people to, to give it a chance. And just, you know, just it's your funnel, right? It's like the top of the funnel. That's the hardest part. With our, We were at a – my co-founder, Kyle, and I, who's he's usually on the podcast. When we do guests, I usually do, I usually do those podcasts. But So we were at another startup before, and we built a pretty – like, it was kind of bootstrapped. So, like, there was initial – I think it, like 200k or something like that but then after that it was bootstrapped after that but we you know it ended up selling to splunk for like 30 million i think it ended up getting to like six or seven million in revenue and we had left when it was like three million but that business a great business but like it was it was kind of like it was similar to like new relic so it was in that in that space like the web performance space and it was a grind. Like it was a, gr we had to like, everything yeah. was like outbound sales, like outbound email, you know, it just was such a grind to get people to recognize that we exist as a company and product. And it just, you know, it, it took a while, but yeah, like if there's, if I can ever figure, you know, if I ever come across an idea that is more in that kind of sales or marketing world where you're helping people, you know, increase their funnel, like I'm like running at that thing as fast as possible. <laughs> we haven't come yeah. across that yet, but you guys have. So yeah, like you, you guys are pretty, I think like pretty transparent with your revenue numbers and whatnot. At least you yeah. were with Tweet Hunter. So what are you guys revenue wise with Tweet Hunter? Where are you guys at? So like, I haven't checked in like the past few days, but more or less we're, we're around 1.5 million in ARR. So yeah, I mean, we're nearing like maybe 130 K MRR or something like that. Like we're, we're around that, that, that sort of a of master. And we have a second product, which is Tapio and it's more or less Tweet Hunter, but for LinkedIn. Yeah. And this product is doing nearly 30 K MRR, something like that. Okay. That's awesome. And you guys, that, that, you didn't start that, that long ago. I'm a customer, by the way. <laughs> of, oh, of for Tapio. which one? I'm not, All right. I've tried, I've tried out Tweet Hunter. I'd say that with our businesses, I think building an audience on LinkedIn is a little bit, or at least, at least getting yeah. content to the people that I already have an audience with on LinkedIn is a little bit more beneficial to us at the current moment. But yeah, I'm a customer. I did some stuff on Tapio this morning, but yeah. So what went into the, I mean, it's basically the same thing as Tweet Hunter, but just for a different platform. Why did you guys yeah, choose to create, why did you choose to create two different products, like separate products versus, you know, on one platform, you serve two different, you know, the, yeah. the like Twitter and LinkedIn. So it's, yeah, it's a great question. The technology, like the overall, I would say aesthetics lie and a few of the key features are indeed quite similar between the two products the reality is behind that there is quite different technologies like you don't connect to twitter the way you connect to linkedin like they're basically twitter has a very developed api etc and it's very very open and linkedin is a lot more close so we thought it was more secure already to separate the business just from a technical standpoint and then there's also things that you can do on twitter which you can't do on linkedin and vice versa actually but like both in terms of technology and in terms of terms of service etc policies they have the two platforms are quite different 
and we hear that customers who wanted to publish to both platforms, we're going to be requesting one feature that's available on one platform. They want to have it for the other one, etc. We have to be like constantly kind of explaining why it's unfortunately not possible. So that's another reason. And the last reason it's, it's, it's different people like mm -hmm. founders like us, we tend to be on maybe both platforms, but most people, they're going to pick one and you're going to be able to focus on one specific segment or let's say one to three segments. But if, but if you start doing multiple platform, yeah, you, you get a lot of technical complexity, UX complexity because of the available features or unavailable, unavailable ones. And yeah, you, you, you're less focused on, on specific customer segments. So we thought it was a, a, a better way to, to separate the businesses. And that's what we did. Yeah. Yeah. The, I mean, just like what I was saying, I think like I, I, you know, as a founder, I use both and I enjoy, I mean, I, I definitely enjoy Twitter more as like a user. And I think I don't have a big following, but my following on Twitter is probably like other entrepreneurs where at least my connections and whatnot on LinkedIn are much more like customers, customer focused. So like just over the years, we've built up a number, you know, you built up a number of, I've yeah. tried to connect with like every, I've used my strategy with LinkedIn. I don't know if this is the right strategy. You tell me, you guys are probably more experts on that than, than I am, but I've been really trying to like just build up my connections on there and use it sort of as like a, almost like a newsletter, but my own, you know what I mean? So it's like without having to get them to subscribe, you know, via like their email or whatever, they're essentially subscribing to your, your content on LinkedIn and post by connecting with you. So I've tried to connect with like every, anyone that's ever been a user of any of our things. And then on top of that, like I used to use some of those tools that were sort of like the, you know, like the LinkedIn robot, you know, follow-up tools, which I don't anymore because it's too scary. I don't want to lose my, <laughs> I don't want to like lose my, my, I, I think they were starting to like really crack down on that. So I like got away from it, but I had some different ways that I would, you know, go about that and, and build up just people like within the products that we have, like in those particular roles or like that audience try to, you know, build more connections out. So, but yeah, they are, they are. Yeah, I, I, I guess... I, yeah, I would say it's really the, the, the main KPI on LinkedIn for me is, is connections and the more you get, the better. And that tailors well to founders in particular or employees. There are still like up and coming creators on LinkedIn. Like it's, it's yeah. opening up to a whole new space, which are people with courses, people who offer coaching, people like that, you know? And for them, it's maybe not so much about individual connections, people you can, you can build relationships with, but also about like a general audience, much like other social media platforms like Twitter, for example. Yeah. So yeah. one of the things I know, like, so my wife's, she's been a VP of sales at a bunch of different like tech companies. And it's funny, like, you know, obviously the audience on LinkedIn is very much slanted towards like sales and marketers, or at least it has been in the past. And so it just is generally the biggest audience, but you know, things that she would post on there that would be like sales related. And like, I don't know if it's because she is a woman or not, or like what the deal is, but man, it would just like, she would get so much engagement on anything she posts, whether it was like something good or not. And I was like, what in the world? Like, oh my God, you need to take advantage of this in some way. <laughs> you need to, you need to be yeah. posting every day. 
I mean, she should be using Taplio to be able to post that stuff. I'll, I'll talk to her after this, but yeah, I mean, it's like, it's definitely at the moment, it's definitely more of like, you know, link, uh, like salespeople really just like engaging with each other. Well, the, the, the big difference between LinkedIn and all other platforms is every single person who's on LinkedIn is there for a professional reason. You know, right, right, and I mean that's at the core of of what LinkedIn is. You're gonna engage as much as you can to get noticed and start developing these sort of micro relationships through engaging with people and then adding them and then sending them a DM, etc. It's like there's there's an ulterior motive. I think that's how you say it in English. Like they say that there's always something you want to get from LinkedIn, whereas most users from any other social platform are just there to get entertained and right. they don't care if the person who's creating a post is going to notice them or not. So they don't have this encouragement to engage with you or whatever. So, right, right, right. so yeah, the, the engagement on LinkedIn is, is, is a lot higher than any other platform that I've seen. Like I don't have a big following yet on LinkedIn and like, I'm going to start being a lot more active. I've started late this week, but. I'm already getting a lot of engagement. And I mean, all the people I, I used to have on LinkedIn were my personal professional network, like people I knew in France, et cetera. Not so much people who are used to me posting in English, et cetera, but right. it's working. Like, yeah. And it's, yeah, it's awesome. On the, the two different products, one thing that we always tried to do, like we actually, so for user feed, the product built on intercom, we actually had two products. So we had two apps that were built on intercom. And what we were trying to do was before we sold it, what we were going to do and what we started to do was we were trying to build like sort of a, they were set, separate products on separate, you know, you know, it was, it was different platforms. And we were trying to build sort of like a, it, almost like an internal flywheel of like our own businesses. So are you guys like, is that the strategy for you guys? And how do you guys, you know, how do you approach that and trying to, you know, get sort of like repeat customers or get, you know, land and expand, get a customer with Tapio that then goes over and uses Tweet Hunter. How are you guys approaching that? So very poorly, basically. It's okay, uh, it's okay to we... do it poorly at first, right? It's like, yeah, let's exactly. just like figure these uh, businesses out first on their own and exactly. then like we like, can I, figure out the marketing. Like, honestly, like there's like, the only thing we've done is that if you go in the settings page of any of the, of the two tools, you can connect the other subscription you have, get a discount on both subscriptions and be able to post to both platforms from, from Tweet Hunter or, or sorry, be able to post to both platforms, LinkedIn and Twitter from any of the two products that we have, but we haven't pushed it. Uh, we haven't pushed it at all actually. And we were still in the early days of Tapio. And I think like down the line, I think we're, we're going to make a lot more bridges between the two products, but right now it's not the case. And, and we don't have a specific plan in, in mind to, to like that, we're, that we're thinking of executing in six months, you know, like the, this is not really a, one of our focuses right now, but maybe it should be yeah. <laughs> like, I'm going to, I'm going to hang up after this call and just going to call my confidence. Okay. We, we forgot about that aspect. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I, I yeah, it, it totally makes sense that you wouldn't focus on that at first. And if you have, you know, if you have a good funnel funnel going, you know, our, our problem was more around was around the funnel and the fact that people weren't going to find us, you know, because it's built on intercom is like only intercom customers can use our products. 
So really like our main source of, of leads was like their app store. So, which was great in, in the sense that you constantly had this like steady flow of leads, but not great in the sense that those, that steady flow was never going to be like, there, there wasn't a lot of ways to turn the needle up. So then you end up thinking of other ways that you can turn the needle up. Right. So you're like, yeah. okay, how do I get the people that are, that found this product to find the other product and, and vice versa and, and just trying different things. And so I think that that's a model that can, you know, work well and work well, especially for like what we were doing and it'll work, probably work well for you guys eventually, but it does, you don't need to do it yet because you already have like, obviously yeah. you guys have a lot of, yeah, like, I, I think it's still early. Yeah. Yeah. We, we want to be smart about it, you know, because it's, it's hard to explain. Like, I'm happy that you asked the question earlier, why are there two separate products? But it's, it's hard to explain that to people who are paying for one of these products and why they should potentially add the other one, like in a way that makes sense, that is clear, that is understandable. You know, it's, it's, it's not something that's so obvious. So I, like, I never thought of it, but that's maybe also one of the reasons why it's good to take our time with cross promoting the products and, um, yeah. I just wonder if finding you know, the right just, angle, you know? Yeah. Like just thinking about this, cause I just don't think about this that much unless I'm talking to you who's building this stuff. You know how there's sort of like customer data platforms for, you know, like a SaaS product. So like what's the one Twilio bought? Shoot. What is that product called? Oh, shoot. What the heck is it called? Well, I mean, intercom does the same thing, right? It's like a customer data platform for your, your product. And you're seeing like, segments, right? Se segment. Yeah. Segment was yeah. kind of the big one. That's sort of like the third party or whatever. I wonder if there's going to be like similar sort of like customer data platforms for like more like your, you as like a, like people as a brand and like their audience, right? Because now if, you know, if I were to use Tapio and Tweet Hunter, like you're trying to build an audience on, on these different platforms or TikTok or Instagram or whatever for these people that are really focused on that. And it's like, how do you know, like, it would be really valuable to know the type of engagement you're getting from individual users and are they also giving you engagement on Twitter and like what is their engagement on TikTok and stuff like that I wonder if there's going to be sort of like a I don't know some sort of like CD because I I mean maybe you know stuff that I don't but I don't think there's like, I, I, like I know I know I know of people who are trying to do it and it is complicated basically you have like you have limited things that help you identify people cross platform you know, like Totally. I don't know. My, my, I don't have TikTok, but I'm guessing that if I did, my username wouldn't be my actual name. No, it's, um, it's incredibly and, hard. It's super yeah. hard. It's, just, it's very similar. Like in the ad tech world, they call it attribution, like with ads and stuff. It's like, how do you know for this user, like what they looked at on their mobile device versus their laptop versus, yeah. you know, what they saw on Hulu you know, like, it's just like, it's so difficult, a problem to deal with yeah. and all the smart people and the, are trying to deal with it in ad tech. And they're probably like maybe trying this route, but yeah, it's tough. Yeah. And like the best key, like the most reliable key I would say is like, that's easily accessible is email. But then again, it's not super reliable because you're allowed to have as many as you want, you know? Uh, right. and and I mean, maybe you're going to be able to find the email for like, I don't know, maybe 30% of your LinkedIn connections and 10% of your Twitter connections, Twitter followers, etc. But so I think you could run some really interesting 
analysis based on that, you know, but just like it, it wouldn't be immediately actionable. Like you wouldn't be able to say, oh, well, this user, I know that he did this and this, so I'm going to send him a DM or whatever. Like you, you, you'd be able to do that, but with a really small percentage of your, of your, of your follower, following base. Totally. Totally. So, yeah. so I know you, I know you write a lot of content about this and I haven't, I've seen some of it. I haven't, or I know you and your founder put out a lot of content like this, but what would you say? Cause I'm I, like, I've been, you know, I've got so many things that I'm trying to do all the time, you know, just with the business and we have multiple businesses. So like, you know, you get that. <laughs> it's just a lot of, a lot of stuff, but I am like, I do try to, like, I am trying to actively do some stuff to widen my own personal audience because I think it would also help like with our businesses. What would you say are like the most, like what are like the lowest effort, like most effective ways to, to do that? Whether, you know, whether it's Twitter or LinkedIn, yeah. you know, what um, would you say? Twitter like, and LinkedIn. I, yeah. Twitter and LinkedIn, I think are going to be quite different okay. uh, on Twitter. Like the, the, the most effective way, uh, when you're still small, you know, like, let's say you had less than 5k followers or something like that. Uh, the, the best way to grow is, is, is definitely to engage with other people. Basically, like you want people to be true, like you want to do two things. You want to build real connections with actual people that are probably at the same, like, I don't, I don't like to cut to, to name it like this, but the same level of followers that yeah. you have, you know, and these are people you can easily build connections with and, and relationships with. And right now they may be not the most important people to, to know, but down the line, they're going to grow as well. They're going to be the ones retweeting you and, and letting you enjoy their own audience. It's lending you their, their own audience, etc. So, uh, so say, I would, when you say engagement, you don't mean like I mean, posting stuff. You mean like, like tweeting at people, like in conversations, basically. Yeah. I mean, I mean replying to other people's content and like right, and right, adding right. something like not just saying like, Hey, congrats or trying to rephrase whatever the person already said. Like, this is a big red flag for me. But, but if what, you but do what a, like, what about when my wife tells me that to get off Twitter? <laughs> Cause that's what, what no, mean, I'm, like, just, I'm just, it's a joke. Yeah. No, I mean, I like, <laughs> I've had to de- like at certain times I've had to delete. Yeah. I deleted the app yeah, yeah, for probably yeah. like a year during COVID and just cause yeah, my wife would get mad at me if I was like, if I was on Well, it. <laughs> in that case you can actually use tweet hunter and find tweets to engage with and there it won't go. show up as Twitter and maybe you'll, you'll get it. You'll get off. I'm on it. my laptop. I'm uh, working. And, like it's not, yeah, well, that's what I try to tell. It's work. It's not, it's not. That's what I try to tell her. It's work. <laughs> yeah, it's work. It's work. Exactly. I have the same the same kind of issues at home, um, <laughs> like except it's it's far more like it's a lot easier for me to to say it's work because she knows what I do and like exactly but yeah. exactly so yeah I would say if you, if you have a small following on Twitter three things you should do engage with large accounts engage with similar size accounts and tweet but you don't have to like tweet. I don't know, tweet once to three times a day max uh, or whatever you can handle, you know, like don't burn, burn yourself out, but just have something for people to look at whenever they visit your profile. Basically, Like you, you're not going to be like expecting that tweet to make 
3 million impressions and 40,000 followers or whatever. But you want people who come and visit your profile because they got intrigued by your replies to other people to have something to look at and think, okay, this person is nice, smart, funny, whatever, but like, like for, for them to have something to look at and a reason to follow you. Because if they see that you just reply on other people's tweets, like you, you, they're probably less inclined to, to follow you. So that would be for Twitter. And then when you go above 5K, whatever, like threats can start to become viral. Some tweets can start to become viral and it's a lot more common for you to, 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 to get like audience growth this way. And on LinkedIn, I really like what you're doing, but the fact is you already have people to reach out to because you do have users or clients. Or, so, so it's a good, a good start, but I like your approach of adding all these people. Another way to, to, to do it, like, honestly, like even a small account on LinkedIn can just post interesting and well-written stuff and get reach. Like, yep. as I told you, people are there to engage. People are yeah. there to show themselves and make connections and try to grab opportunities, you know. So just being active and not being a douche and like like also interacting on some of other people's posts should get you pretty far on LinkedIn. Yeah, I've I mean I do kind of like I <laughs> I told someone the other day, I was like, Yeah, I, I just I'm going to go, go ahead and like sell out on LinkedIn. Like I don't even, I don't care. <laughs> I'm just going to start posting all because to me, I think it's like, because I do have like a lot of connections at this point to me, it's less about like, it's more about like, what's the term with like marketing automation back in the day. It was about like nudging people, right? It's about like staying top of mind over a long period of time. So just having a constant flow of things, whether it's good content or just a reminder that it's like something you do, like when somebody has that thing come up like for us like oh we're you know i need to hire a customer support person they're like oh yeah i think i think i know someone that it like has been doing that or whatever like i'll reach out it's just like you may not have like it may be a year after but it's like that constant flow of yeah. content just reminds you that that at least you're gonna like talk to that person at least you know you have a, a seat at the table whenever they make that those decisions and i think that that's like what i at least that's what I, that's been like my strategy at this point. I think I could do a better job. Like there's probably like some tools out there where you can like automatically connect with people. Like if they use your product or, you know, they're in your, I don't know, in your post, like the comments of your post or something. I don't know if you know any stuff like that, but that's not like, I haven't, I haven't done a lot of digging into that to like actually do those things. But yeah. I think stuff like that would actually be pretty, pretty useful. Yeah. But, but there are a few tools that do this like but for me as you mentioned earlier in the podcast you like linkedin isn't a great a, a huge fan of automation and so like I, i'm always a bit wary to use too much automation and overdo it you know so i think as long as you use those tools with care and don't try to send like a hundred invites in an hour or whatever, you know, like you, you gotta be a bit smart about it. It's cool because it saves you time and it doesn't really make it less genuine in my opinion, because what you would have done instead is just like open all the people who liked your posts, make sure you're connected to them, add them, etc. So you would have done it maybe already by yourself. So it's, it doesn't take away authenticity or whatever, right. but LinkedIn isn't a fan. So it, like, 
like I know that Tapio, for example, is probably like I'm saying this now. Maybe it'll change, but we're probably not going to be going the like full automation way. Like, oh, automate everything and like get your LinkedIn on 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 like running by itself. You know, I'm not sure. Like, I don't think this is the way we're going to go. For well, you don't want to like show up on their. Uh... You want to raise a red flag to LinkedIn because yeah, exactly. And I mean, there's always more importantly because it's not just about the product; it's about the users as well. Because honestly, like LinkedIn, they cannot do that much to prevent automation. What they can do is flag all the people who do it. Uh, they can deter and, the users and start start banning yeah. accounts. You know, and yeah. this is really, really not good for business you know exactly. so, yeah. so i mean yeah, that's why we're, we're steering away from the main automate like many features that yeah. exist in other tools we're just not going to build them because it's it's not worth it yeah we're so we're based in atlanta and the company we were at before we started our own business the one i was mentioning so like there's this guy in atlanta that's a, a very like a he's a famous entrepreneur like in the atlanta area of, of for like SaaS companies so he started like pardot which sold a uh, uh, Salesforce. He started Salesloft. He started. He's the yeah, only so he's, investor he's Calendly. Famous, Pardot is huge, right? <laughs> so, anyways, like we were all like when it, when all these companies started, we were like all in this like one room, you know, like this. He he actually bought this this building and made a co working space too. <laughs> that was one of his other companies. But he, anyways, we we're all in this top room together because we were all like his companies, and uh, uh, Salesloft was up there. You probably know them. Like they're pretty big in the sales automation space. And initially they built out, it was like a prospecting tool, like on LinkedIn, it like would scrape LinkedIn profiles and stuff. And a lot of people do that now, but at the time that didn't exist in the market. This was like 2013, 2014. And as soon as they put that out, like it was like, <laughs> it was like crack. People were going, you know, <laughs> crazy. And they grew from like zero to like 6 million in like a year or something like crazy fast. But then LinkedIn like came in and they were like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> and they started cracking down on it. Anyways, forced them to basically kill the product. So you, they had to kill a $6 million product. They ended up like pivoting to what they do now, which is more of the sales automate, like outreach automation, which grew into like a billion dollar product. But at the time they, it, they just like totally killed their business. So I guess my question yeah. is, and I've, built products on top of intercom. So I'm very aware of like that. Do you ever worry about like the, the platform, you know, the platform risks that everybody talks about and that sort of thing? All right. Time to break away for our weekly sponsor, which is punchlist.com. Uh, Kyle and I have been using punchlist.com for probably the past two years. We absolutely love it. Um, it's just the easiest way possible to get quick feedback on specific parts of some kind of creative asset. That creative asset could be your live marketing website, um, or it could be some sort of document like a PDF, or maybe some sort of illustration that's gonna go on your marketing website. Um, one of the things that we like most is just all the different ways that you can give feedback. So traditionally, if you're using email or you know, some sort of project management tool, you're probably just mostly using text to describe your feedback. Um, they bring everything in. so. For example, uh, a lot of times Kyle likes to draw things on a whiteboard or uh, maybe draw something out via his, uh, via his iPad using his iPad pencil. Um, and he can give some feedback really quickly and then just attach that 
you know, specific image that he wants to send over that he created on the iPad. Or in my case, a lot of times I like to describe things on video, um, but they make it really easy to just leave a quick video there so you can give your your quick text feedback, um, but then also give additional context through something like a video. So definitely check it out. Uh, you can go to the website right now and sign up. And if you use the promo code GRIT, you'll get one free month or 10% off any of the monthly plans. So definitely go check it out. All right, back to the show. Sure. I, th I think it's it's normal to worry about it. And like, I don't know, just just Elon Musk buying Twitter, which at this at the time we're recording, we don't know if it happened or not. I mean, maybe this is something that's fundamentally going to change Twitter's approach to developers if it happens. Yeah. And so, yeah, we're, we're always at risk something happening when we rely on another platform. And even though we have, for example, we have great, a great relationship with Twitter, there's people there who we talk to and who, who like what we do. And, but like things can change, they can change suddenly. So these are things that can happen indeed. And we're, we're, we're just hoping it won't happen. And also we're trying to build like more and more value into things that aren't necessarily related to the platform itself. Like it's always going to have a bridge to, to the platform, but we want also to have very native features. And this is something that we're going to, going to start working on, I think before the end of the year, nice. so that we, we deliver value in addition of, of whatever is happening on, on social platforms. Yeah. One of the things that I like that you guys have done, cause I think anytime you give anybody, anytime you give anyone tools, to do something, there are going to be abusers of those tools. You see it with Facebook, like he built this thing and now all these people abuse it and they're getting Russia and all these things going on, right? You know, you know, any, any tool, right? It's just a tool and some people are going to use it poorly. So like, I think with one of the best things that you guys do is that you give people the ability to see like, you know, what they're like, what are the, what are popular tweets or what are popular LinkedIn posts that have gone viral to give you inspiration for things that you could right? That may be similar experiences that you had or whatever, give you ideas. But some people probably use that and just like copy people or almost copy people or whatever. But one of the things I really like that you guys have done is that like you'll, there's like little things built in to like tell them like, this is kind of close to like what somebody else wrote. <laughs> you probably should not send this, right? So yeah, I think like, this is something that we like, we're, we're really proud to have developed all of this because yeah, there's always going to be abusers, basically. But yeah, we're like we we put systems in place. Some of them block users from doing stuff, but it's more spam related in that case. And some of them are just yeah little nudges to to show the user that whatever he's doing, like we we think we see what he's doing, and maybe best not to. And if you want to do it, do it. We we can't stop you. Right. Uh, yeah. Like, no, that I think that's, like we, we, we want to make it clear. It's not, it's not right. To, right. To it, well, it shows that you have like, you do have an opinion on the subject and yeah, definitely. You know, again, you let people do what they want to do, but like, there should be like, it's nice to know that people have an opinion or the people that are building. I mean, our, our, the, what was at the core of when we had the idea for tree hunter, like our, our, our hypothesis was that, and our conviction afterwards was that when you read great stuff that's well written that's interesting you are more likely to produce stuff that is also interesting and, and also yeah. performs well and is well written 
So, so that was our, our this is our, our, our core belief and this is what we try to communicate to every single one of our users. Yeah. I mean, that, do, that... do you know if uh, I, I'm really sorry, like I have a low battery and I have to go get my charger. Are you able to edit whatever yeah. is going to happen next? Or... I am, I am <laughs> the editor right now. So I got you. All right, cool. <laughs> No, it's all good. I was going to ask you, cause we are definitely experiencing this right now as like we, we basically have, we basically have like three businesses. One is in pro like one is like being developed. So it's not really a business yet. It's just a product in development and then the hiring business and a software business. And so one thing that we always sort of, you know, there's always some tension around or struggle, I guess, challenge is figuring out, you know, how much time you should be dedicating to each of those and at what at certain times do you dedicate more to one than the other how do you guys approach that with the two products so our like the one product i would call our baby <laughs> is tweet hunter basically we we started out with it it's twitter is a platform we really like and not just as people who publish content but also as people who, who read a lot of content so Kind of naturally, a lot of the ideas we get, we're going to get them for Tweet Hunter. And until like maybe a month ago, we were spending probably, I don't know, maybe two thirds of our time on Tweet Hunter and a third on Tapia. And it, it was also sort of logical because like up until recently, we didn't know if Tapia was going to be a, a success. We didn't know if it really had potential and Tweet Hunter was doing well. So it also made sense to focus on 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 that business right now what we're trying to do is switch our focus towards tapio and because we see a lot more potential there and because linkedin is huge basically like i, I can't remember what's the figure but it's like three times or four times as big as twitter and it's people who are there to like make money in some sort, in some way, you know, like directly or indirectly. And so it's, it's quite huge for us. It has big, a big potential. And so this is where we're going to be putting a lot of our focus in the coming months, both in terms of marketing, product, everything. And yeah, Do so what, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> is it just you two or do you have like any contractors or other employees? Like what's the team? Making? Yeah. So. We have, we only work with contractors. Yep. Some of them are full time. Some of them are on a um, like task basis. Some of them are part time, etc. And we've got people, we've got a couple people in development, one person at customer support, one person at producing content for us, like written content, blog posts, etc. And one person, and one person helping us with SEO. And that's it. Are they all, is it totally? just rant, you know, different countries or are you guys kind of centralized? 
Yeah, yeah, we've got we've got people in India, we've got people in Spain, in the US. Yeah, there's people sort of from all around, you know. <laughs> That's awesome. And you're in France, right? Yeah, and I'm in France and my co-founder, who's French as well, uh, he lives in, he's in Bali right now for like another maybe six months or so. Nice. That's awesome. Do you guys have families or single? So my co-founder, he has a wife and kid. And, uh, and so like, yeah, they, they're just enjoying an opportunity in their lives where they can travel a little bit. Their kid is old enough to, to, for it to be a nice Thank moment you, traveling. <laughs> yeah. And in my case, uh, like I have my, my girlfriend basically, but I don't have any children Got it. and, uh, and yeah. Nice, nice. Yeah, I was but I'm not say, traveling. Like... I'm not traveling because she has a very local job, basically, which she can only do. Like she has her own company as well, but it's how do you say it? catering? Catering. Catering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she 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 caters like she 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 employs a lot of women who are who come from foreign countries who okay. probably had a pretty rough life. Yep. Uh, and she helps them show her skill, show their skills in, in cooking and, and, and make a living from it. So oh, that's, awesome. that's very, it's very local, you know, like you, yeah. you can't just do that from a beach in Bali, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's super local, but I bet you can, there's, that's a whole different ball game, like trying to figure out how to grow your business in it when it's much more localized, right? It's like, you know, yeah. how do you think about like advertising and like different things like that? Exactly. Cause there are lots of tools to kind of work on that. But yeah, it's we, I, I'm an investor. Well, I, I was, I was an investor in a business that recently shut down, but it was very much <laughs> at the, currently it was a local, a more local business. Eventually it would be, well, eventually they would expand to different cities, but you know, I guess in those cities, it would be very much like local in terms of like your growth and the marketing and things like yeah. that. So that was always something interesting to like, think about like how to, <laughs> Like, how do you, how do you grow those? It's very different from like, you know, our world of like, oh, the world is our oyster. We can go after anybody. Kind yeah, of exactly. That's awesome. Like, I mean, yeah, it's, it's different challenges. And like, I, I'm not sure that one is easier than, than another, you know, like definitely right. building a, a profitable local business. Like this is something I have a, a huge respect for. Like, yeah. okay, I, I have no idea how to do this basically. Yeah, I, should I buy a shop and do something? Like, how do I? Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. Well, you guys are, I would assume, I mean, based on the team size that you just mentioned and your revenue, I would assume you guys are pretty profitable. You know, how's that changed your life? Because if you're doing millions of dollars and probably like millions of dollars in profit, I would assume, given a software, but, or at least maybe like a million dollars, I don't know. I'm just totally guessing here, but. I mean, that's, that's gotta be pretty life-changing in terms of the cash flow. Yeah, it is honestly like, so what happened? So just one thing, like, cause I don't think we, we, we told it to the people listening to us yet, but like the, the business, we launched it like a little bit over a year ago, something like that. Yeah. So any metric that I may have given at the, at the beginning of the podcast, it's not the revenue that we actually already made. It's projected revenue. Yeah. So that's one thing is that like, we're really in the early days of like having a, a great margin and being able to pay ourselves a, a, a high amount of money. Right. So it's like right now, the only thing that's changed for me is that I have an outlook on life, which is a bit different. 
like I haven't changed anything. Like I don't go to more fancy restaurants or fancy like travels or whatever. Like this, it may happen at some point, but for now, like I haven't experienced the the the, but the, the, the money getting in. And yeah, it, it gives you sort of like a yeah. It's definitely like more of a. It's more of a mindset thing, right? It's like you feel you don't have any I yeah, say pressure any, pressure worries and stuff like you have much yeah. less to worry about when that kind of stuff happens and you know like i mean everybody knows sort of like the general rule of thumb on valuations and stuff for a software even if you go on the low side of those valuations like the business is worth quite a bit and so you have like you just know that in your back pocket you don't really have to worry about much anymore and you're sort yeah, of yeah, up on your time that's exactly it and it's it's really more about like yeah i don't have to to worry too much i think we're heading in the right direction and yeah things will be good in in a few months basically i like um, that you said you think the, i like i like that you said you think that things are heading in the right direction i always appreciate you know most people like to say they're so sure about everything and that they know you know they're like so smart and they know everything and it's like this yeah no. No, like, nobody knows <laughs> this is, what they're this doing. Is, this is pretty much my like this. This is it's interesting because it's actually kind of what I want to say in all of my tweets, or not all of them, but like in terms of personal branding online for me. Like maybe I should like go deep into this, but like I want to be the guy who doubts. You know, uh, the guy who's not always sure. The guy who tries stuff uh, is wrong yeah. often, is right sometimes, and is able to accept it in public and say like I I fucked up here basically. And uh, and like yeah, I, I, like many people. I don't know. Maybe it's a European thing versus an American mindset. I'm I'm not sure if, if there's such a difference. Like I try to be a bit less sure. Like a bit. Like not have that strong opinions about everything and sort of like following my guts, sure, but admitting that my guts can also be pretty stupid. And yeah, I try, I try to yeah. remain humble, even though I know it's heading in the right direction. I just want to like put all the, 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 the politeness and humility into it that, yeah, you never know, actually. I think there, I don't know if it's an American thing or not, maybe, but it also like it might be like a, a tech thing. Right, like people that are in tech want to seem so smart, and like, yeah. I mean, you probably see that in like a lot of the the tweets that people send out. Right, it's like they're trying yeah. to like show how how smart they are, and maybe yeah, I mean, it's probably an American thing too. To like, you don't want to come across as like unsure of yourself in any way. And I think also that you know, in the tech world, a lot of people, especially like founders and stuff, are like always raising money. So like you have to be like so sure about everything. Like you have to seem yeah. so sure about what you're doing and that you have things under control. But like I do find that with entrepreneurs that are typically like bootstrapped or like very, you know, like low low funding, like they tend to be less of that. At least in my experience with people, like they are more normal humans that like realize yeah. that they don't know what the <laughs> hell they're doing and they're public about that and that they're going to like try and like you just, you know it's everything is like it's it's sort of a game of like you know trying something and then realizing if it's you did the right thing or not and like learning from it and then iterating and like that's the product as much as it is like your own de decisions and decision framework and all that kind of stuff so yeah like i find that the the smartest people that i know are like will tell like they will not tell you that they're smart at all in fact they'll tell you they're dumb 
And it's like, oh, they're actually really smart. Like the dumb, the more you say that you're dumb, I'm like, you're actually smarter yeah. than everybody. <laughs> you're um, trying to, to fool me, basically. Exactly. So do you do you guys ever think about like I don't want thing I mean, we've done it like in terms of like selling our other business. We basically that 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 business that we sold like over the next year grew like a hundred percent. So like if you look back on that, it's like probably missed out on like we probably like missed out on a lot of money but for us it was sort of de-risking i mean it, there was a number of factors but like you know we were de-risking we were taking some money off the table we both i have two kids my business partner has three kids now at the time he had two so you know and it wasn't like life-changing money but it was like year-changing money if that makes sense so you know do you guys ever think about like is that ever a factor for you guys of like, you know, should we take some money off the table, whether that's through like selling a business or selling, you know, like think you can do things. I know there's like some stuff out there with like, what's the calm, calm company where they'll like basically buy mm -hmm. like, you know, yeah, the calm or, or tiny seed or things like that. Yeah. They'll just like, they'll like straight up buy 10% of your business with no, it's not like an investment. It's like, we'll give you, you know, yeah. basically liquidation for the founders and then they own like a piece forever. But do you guys ever think about stuff like that? Or is it just like we're in straight investment mode of like just going at this and not you know, worrying about it? So like my, my view on this is that, so like I wouldn't be opposed to it for sure. What I'm opposed to is spending too much energy on it. Yep. So I think a lot of founders, they, they, they spend time and energy trying to find like identify potential acquirers or buyers get them on, on a call with them negotiate with them etc etc this is a huge amount of wasted energy in my opinion like and and like you're, you're obviously not in the best place in terms of negotiation when you're when you're actively looking for, right. for a buyer etc so i'm not i'm not opposed to the idea of selling at some point but if I, I know that if I want to sell for the best possible valuation, what I need to do is actually grow the business. And so, yeah, that's my view on it. Basically, like, I would love to have millions of dollars in my bank account. That'd be great. But like, what's the best way to achieve that? Is it to like send out cold emails to every private equity firm in town or whatever? I don't think so. I think it's really to like keep the business growing and like at some point, somebody's going to notice and make an offer with. Well, I think especially like with where you guys are at, like, and you mentioned that project it's projected revenue cause it's, you know, monthly recurring, yeah. but at some point or even now, like the cash flow is such that, you know, you can like, you don't even, you don't, you don't really need to sell. I mean, of course you could make like a lot of money, yeah. right? Like you get millions of dollars, like in your bank account, but like, you know, What's the difference between that and like having just like making a lot of money on a monthly basis and from a salary perspective and not having to like spend the time or energy on all that kind of stuff. And if you enjoy like working on the product and working on multiple things, which is like something we like, I honestly miss, I miss the pro like the product that we, that we had, that we, that we built. Like I miss having, like, I like working on multiple things and it may not be like the most, you know, people, a lot of people would say that it's not the most productive thing to do like you should focus on one thing but i think 
if it gives you like if it gives you energy then that might actually like that may offset the productivity thing because it's like if you have energy for something you're going to be a lot more productive on the whatever the thing is that you're working yeah. on right now and so like energy because you like working on multiple things but also energy because like eventually certain things get stale right you know i don't really want to work on this right now the you know i've been working yeah. on this for three years and you could shift off it spend most of your time on another thing and then somehow all of a sudden you've got this renewed focus for the, the old thing. And you're like, Oh, I really want to fix that. Or I want to like make that better. Yeah, That, that right. just happens. That happens all the time for us when we're switching yeah. from Tapio to Tweet like it's, it's, yeah, it's constant struggle to, to keep our focus on one thing, just even just for a week, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and like there, there's an anecdote. I don't think I, I told it in any other podcast and maybe publicly ever, but all of this, like, because you were talking about like what you want to sell, etc. One thing that I I don't think I've talked about, or at least not a lot, like a bit more than a year ago. So we launched, we had launched like a month earlier, something like that. We were making like a thousand dollars MRR, basically something like, like something along those lines. And we had a pretty big San Francisco startup who wanted to acquire us, but it was more of an acquire, but still for what we had done, it was a huge deal. Like I think the salary was like 200 K, which is like, I mean, when you, when you're in France, 200 K is a lot like our, your, like our 40 K is your 150 K probably. So, so when, when we get those kinds of offers, like you, you think twice, you know, yeah. so it was like 200 K salary plus options, stock options, plus like 200 cash up front. And like everything that we've built since almost never happened because we really had a long talk about this. Like we, we were really like, okay, should we take it? Like. The smart thing to do is definitely to take yeah, it. I was about to say the smart thing um, there would have been a hundred percent to take it. Yeah. Wait, well, you said you were at <laughs> definitely oh, like, you were at like twelve k ARR, so you're getting two hundred k. Yeah, yeah. I think the smart thing is to take that, <laughs> and you get a salary. Definitely, and like, but but we knew that the product would be killed off immediately. Yeah, like the, the whole point was acquiring our skills, not our company. Mm. And, and we thought like in the end, like, like I, I'm really proud today that we like remain strong and told ourselves, like we didn't quit our jobs to join a new, better paying job three months later, basically. Well, I mean now, uh, yeah. yeah, now the smart thing, like looking back was definitely to, yeah. to keep it. I think most of the time it is to keep it. Like, I think if you don't have, I mean, I think most people would say, I mean, I just, you know, with our business, it grew hundred percent in that following year. So the smart thing would have been to keep it just purely financially. I think most of the time people would say like in terms of their different investments and things is to like, the smart thing is to keep it, you know, compounding interest is a, is a crazy, is a crazy thing yeah. that I think most, it's hard to, it's hard. It's really hard to see it like in the moment, but you know, I've just seen so many examples of just like, just keep just keep going, just keep going, especially when you're betting on yourself above yeah. other things. And if you don't, you know, again, it's like, if you don't have reasons that you need that money, if you're, you know, financially in a certain situation where you don't need it, it's like, then it becomes even more of a no brainer to kind of keep going. Yeah. And I've experienced that on 
the positive side and the negative side in the past. So yeah, yeah, I think that's awesome. And, you guys and, that. Another one of my of my points was that when we got this offer, I think we lost ten days worth of productivity, which in the early days of a project is a lot. You know? And so yeah, like since then we haven't spent too much energy on trying to to de-risk ourselves and and sell or or, or whatever. Like it's more. Yeah, it's it's like okay, like we know that if we want a great evaluation, we gotta work. So let's work. Totally. I mean, and there's also just like a we the times that we've talked about it, like there's definitely a comfort in knowing that you have these cash flow assets. You know, they're not gonna die overnight, right? Like they're gonna yeah. keep. You know, especially if you keep working on them, like it's gonna keep at a very very minimum, like probably stay the same that you're at right now, but probably grow. And so, you know, having that, like knowing that you have that in some ways is like more, feels like more security and like de-risking than even like selling it. Cause like once it's gone, yeah, you get like a sum of money or whatever that goes in your bank account, but it's like, oh, like I have no money coming in now. And yeah, you could probably go like (laughs) build something that made something, but you don't, I mean, it's hard, you know, it's hard to, to find, it's really difficult to build a product that, you know, that has significant revenue and that grows over time. Like that's just hard to do, especially in today's world of like everybody, you know, everyone's starting businesses and, and it's pretty easy to get a product off the ground and like have something that's like halfway decent. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. Well, some, I didn't get to some of the stuff that I wanted to talk about cause we just like, I enjoyed like our conversation and some of the different <laughs> things we were going into. I know we were going to talk about like whatever, like this, this, some of the investing stuff you were going to do, but we'll maybe we'll do another one at some point and we sure. can pick that up. And, but yeah, dude, this was awesome. I enjoyed, I mean, this is the first time we've met. So yeah. like I've, I've enjoyed meeting you. Yeah, I definitely, definitely. Will, <laughs> I, I'll definitely follow along. I'll follow you on, on LinkedIn to see what, see what you're doing on yeah. there and try see to see what I'm up to. Yeah. Take some inspiration <laughs> from it. And yeah, I guess for any listeners, if you're, you know, most of our listeners are founders or, you know, for folks that work at startups. So like I would definitely check out tweet hunter and Taplio. I believe it's tweet hunter.io and Taplio.io, right? Dot, dot com for dot com. Oh, don't, nice. Don't dot ask dot me com. why we, we got the dot com. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. <laughs> Yeah, we'll we'll put all the links. I know no one's going to remember these things on the on the podcast, but we'll put all the links <laughs> in the show notes and I I definitely, you know, I'm a I'm a customer, I'm a user. I I think it's it's definitely worth checking out and obviously there's a lot of people doing it cuz they're growing really quickly. So, and uh, I'll I'll put your Twitter account, a Twitter handle yeah, in, the, good. in as well. Awesome. I don't know if I could spell that whole thing out on here. <laughs> in terms of your last name, <laughs> but it's basically Jackson, but spelled like like French people French. would spell it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, cool. Um, man. Thank, thanks yeah, so. it was it was a great. Yeah, th- thanks you, thanks to you, Landon. It was really fun. I had a, a good time, and yeah, let's do this again. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Well, cool. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll talk soon. All right. Hey, okay, Landon. Bye.